Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in a cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every Nars? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Welcome to Head Cannon. Tonight we have a very special guest. I always love first time guests that haven't been, you know, I, I love our recurring guests. We have so many guests that we love, but it's always fun to get somebody on here new that's never done it before. And uh, so welcome to the show, Melissa Poole. How are you doing? I am doing quite well. How are you? Good. Doing well. Doing well. And I feel like I know you through the Indianapolis theater community. And, but I was trying to remember specifically, you know, because I don't know you very well. I feel like we have a lot of mutual friends and we're, you know, we're, we're acquaintances, but I don't know. I don't know you super well. This is my favorite type of podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or it's, it's, we don't know them very, we don't know Melissa very well. Yeah. Getting, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, Getting, yeah. Some of our, some of our, like, Yeah, Brent. Yeah, Brent doesn't know her at all. And some of our favorite episodes are like people, like friends I've met on Twitter that I've never talked to before. And I'm like, hey, you want to do this dumb thing? Yeah. Um, but but so do do you do a lot of theater, or do you recall like uh, our interactions specifically in the past? Because I just feel like I've seen you around, maybe at Mass Ave Pub, but but I can't remember specifically. I used to like hang out a lot around friends, and I was involved in some stuff, but. That has all kind of died off. I became a much, I don't know, busier adult or something. <laughs> um, I really don't remember specifically where we've met other than like, I went to things you were in and we'd run into each other at Fringe and the, the beer tent is just a lovely yeah. place to bond <laughs> with people. Yeah. And create memories or not memories, depending <laughs> on how much you enjoy. Right. Which is, which is what, man, that's, that's why I, I love Indianapolis. I miss Indianapolis so much. Like I, 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 there's a lot to enjoy about being up here in the Chicago area, but I, there are lots of things I miss about Indianapolis. And one of them is just being like, just being able to go to any bar or pub on Mass Ave or Fountain Square or whatever. And just, and being like, oh, here's. 20 people that I know, you know, like, yeah, just like if you go to this one street downtown, you're probably going to run into someone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, and I went to, I went to fringe last year. I came down specifically to see defiance comedy show and, 
And I like I couldn't walk five feet down the sidewalk without bumping into somebody else that I hadn't seen in years, you know? So nice. <laughs> You know, it might have been like a bro zone thing that I first met you at. Probably. That's probably it. That makes the most sense, yeah. That makes the most sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then, and then, and then I know we're friends on Facebook, which I think is how we've kind of, and I always enjoy, you know, I think we're pretty aligned politically and, and, and you, you post things that I, I, I'm like, oh yeah, that's good shit. (laughs) But, but I want to ask you what, what's that? I said, same to you, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But I want to ask you, you've posted, and I don't know if it's been recently, but I remember you posting things about suspension, like, yeah, which we don't, we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but it's incredibly fascinating to me. And I'm I, I just kind of I don't really have a specific question just in general. Like, what's that like? What's it about? I'm I'm insanely curious about it. Can I guess? Brit guess. Yeah, because Brit may not even yeah. know what I'm talking about. It's called suspension. Yeah. Is it where like they hook you like through your like through your back or something like that on a hook and you No, it's not. It is. It Holy sure shit. Is. I guessed it. That's crazy. You do that? Yeah. So I haven't gotten to do it in three years. Oh, no. Because it's time. Like, COVID happened. And then during COVID. (laughs) Right. Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't gather a bunch of people together (laughs) to, like, put your body through some traumatic (laughs) shit when. Right. There's a virus around. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Who knows what you should really do? Um, (laughs) So it's been three years, and, like, in that time, I had some, like, health issues came up, and I wasn't sure if that was even going to be something I can still do. So I actually um, will get to do that at the end of... The no, show tonight. Tonight, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, she, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, sus- do some suspension live on Head Cannon. It's audio, but hey, what? it's gonna work. <laughs> not really. Not really. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Melissa. I want to hear more about it. Yeah, that's. I just. Yeah, wanna, I mean. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I just stepped back on stage to do improv for the first time in three years because of COVID. So I'm. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of equating the way I feel being back on stage to probably how you kind of feel, and I'm I'm insanely happy for you that 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 this is gonna happen again. So yeah, yeah. I mean, people like really assume that it's all about the physical stuff. Oh, it it probably hurts really bad, and that's the end of that. And like, of course, having large gauge piercings done and then putting a bunch of weight on them. Yeah, it's not like that physically is the mo- it's not hugging a bunny, okay? Right. <laughs> but like <laughs> the, the coolest part to me is this like mental part where you have to convince your brain that you can do something it knows to be impossible. Yeah. Like yes, I can take my feet off of the ground and I'm not going to fall down. Um and that's like the much cooler and interesting part to me. Yeah. Um, and then there's just like community around it. Cause yeah. you have to like put your trust in the people who are taking care of you in that moment. And so people like bond really closely. And those are the things I like about it more than just the, 
the hooks and the gore. <laughs> yeah. So is it? So you said, is it like gauge? Is it almost like piercings in your skin that then they yeah. hook through? Like they don't just like you know throw like slam a meat hook through your back right like <laughs> no it's, it's not like candy they're man. needles they're <laughs> sharp needles just mm. like a, a piercing needle but a bigger gauge um sometimes eight gauge usually six gauge occasionally four gauge so pretty big if you're like familiar with gauges at all yeah. um the smaller the number, the bigger the hole, right? Yes. That's okay. Works. okay. Yeah. Um, and if I had known I was about to be asked these, I could like literally show you what four gauges looks like. <laughs> but that's fine. We're good. Use your finger. No. Like, what's <laughs> no, it's, not it's like. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's like if you're, if, if you're saying if you're telling someone just a smidge, you would hold up your two fingers. Yeah. Just and it would. Yeah, yeah, thumb and forefinger. There we go. Yeah. Like, just a smidge. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a pin- I forgot. This is an audio. Like, <laughs> what was that? Was that a dog? <laughs> that was my dog making a noise with my cat she's never made before. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, geez, we've got Melissa's animals fighting. We're going to do a live suspension on the show. This is, I got to say, this is already a, a lively episode. So. You're welcome. You should have invited me sooner. We should have. We should have. Absolutely. Corey, you also almost gave me a job once. I don't remember why that didn't happen. Oh, I do remember. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was going to have you come in for an interview. I think you, I don't know if you got a job somewhere else. I think you did something else. I, I think if I recall correctly. I'm pretty sure it was like the summer after I was getting out of grad school and I was like, desperate for anything um which is not an insult toward you or a negative thing toward you that's just i went to school for social work and that is not the job you had to offer no um and yeah i think i found something in social work yeah what's good that's good if you found something in your field and i i love the citizens action coalition they do great work um but it is a nonprofit serving the people of indiana and one of the many reasons I left, uh, if you if you are at all interested in like making enough money to live, it's hard to work at a nonprofit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but that's awesome. My my so are you? My wife's an MSW. Are you are you are you an MSW? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Her her focus is in uh, education, so she she's a school social worker. Okay, yeah. I, um, my concentration was leadership, which is like you can go manage a nonprofit. Okay. As it turns out, you can't get a job with that. <laughs> <laughs> no one's like, oh, thank you, fresh college graduate. You have your <laughs> master's degree. Great. Why don't you run an organization? Nope. Right. Does not happen. Yeah. I believe it. I can believe it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. What did I spend money on? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, just to, just to go back to the suspension thing for one second. I, I do want to ask, is there any, is there any, I, cause just the little bit I've thought about it. Is there any appeal of like, is there any sense of like freedom or, or like weightlessness being like hoisted up like that and not 
You know, being suspended by hooks. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, is that part absolutely. of it? It's like being on a swing set without the swing under you, you know? <laughs> um, and like there are certain positions that hurt more than others. And they're like, you can have more hooks that make it hurt a little less, or you can have less hooks and make it a little more intense. And there are some that just kind of feel like you're floating. Um, I'm someone who likes to really spin in circles the whole time I'm in the air and (laughs) I giggle. Um, that's like my thing. I am, within the suspension community, like the big girl who giggles. Um, Cause that's another thing. Like I, this is an audio thing. So right. people can't tell, but like I am a big girl. Um, and so I get, I've had a lot of weird experiences in suspension. Like I've had people who do it come up to me and be like, you're suspending. No, really you, you are. Oh, is that, yeah, I is do it, it while I'm it's so cool (laughs) is it do do heavier people is it does it tend to be smaller people who do it um that was definitely my perception when i started doing it Mm -hmm. i know a lot of bigger folks who do it too though okay so yeah yeah what do you have to wear or not wear wear as far as clothing (laughs) you just have to have that skin exposed so like it the most common position is like a few hooks in the upper back. Mm-hmm. You can just like wear normal clothes and a tank top or guys will just like keep their shirt off, whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is. So like, ooh, how, how, how do you get into that? Like how, who did you, did you like meet some people online or like you stumbled into this weird warehouse where the people <laughs> so i was really interested in getting some piercings when i was 19 and was like well i want to learn more about like aftercare and things like that and i'm gonna get on this online forum um it was called bodymod.org and it's not around anymore but there was like a forum (laughs) people got to really really know each other and then there were these cookouts in Billings, Montana, of all places. Did you go? Did you attend shit in Billings, Montana? I went. Uh, um, <laughs> that's cool. That that sounds so, like some some old school internet shit. <laughs> I took um, an Amtrak there and a Greyhound back. Um, I slept in a tent in someone's backyard. <laughs> I also got a scarification piece that weekend, which, God, why don't we just, like, jump into body horror? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> because that's, like, getting a tattoo with a scalpel. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. That's... See, I almost feel like we should have done a Cronenberg movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> But that's not, you know, I feel like something I want to see, I feel like inevitably, what's the, what's that TV show or whatever, like Ninja Warrior, where they do the, you know what I'm talking about? What's American that called? Ninja American Ninja Warrior. I feel like there's got to be at some point a hybrid of suspension and American Ninja Warrior, where people are just like throwing themselves through obstacle courses, but instead of using their arms, it's all like hooks on their back. And they're just like 
you, you know, George of the Jungle vine hopping from one obstacle to the next, but all through like gauges in their backs. I, that's that's part what, of it is you don't want to tangle up the cord as you're going through the obstacle course. Yeah, yeah, that's because what I want to see. I want to see him. People have figured out some crazy shit, though. Like, um, at a convention, several of them, actually, because once they procured this thing, they had to keep using it. <laughs> Someone bought, like, an old gyroscope thing. You know, those, like, carnival ride you can get in, and it spins in a bunch of different directions. Okay. They figured out how to rig people inside of that with a bunch of hooks going every which direction so that they could just be spun around. That's um, wild. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Like they took the car off of it and attached people to it. It's like, no, it looked like a big metal ball sort mm-hmm. of. Um, I really don't even know how to describe what I'm talking about, <laughs> but the point is, yeah, so doing all the like <laughs> rope work stuff uh-huh. takes a lot of like actual knowledge about load bearing things and weights and dynamic versus static rigging. And I don't get it. That's not what I do. Um, <laughs> but these people like know how to do crazy stuff and do calculations on it and figure out if it's safe. And so they just do. That's wild. That's why that's, that's, I don't know. Like I said, that's endlessly fascinating to me. (laughs) Okay. Let me run an idea by you. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. Two people face each other and they stand about like 10 steps away from each other. And they, both people have the four gauges in both nipples and they're both attached to ropes. And then the rest of the people, while they're waiting their turn to do it, they do double dutch. <laughs> in the Would that work? Can I work for these people? <laughs> That'd be so, what you're describing is like the comedy version of a thing that is actually real, which is like called a flesh pull, where you do actually just like pull, have hooks wherever, uh-huh. and pull against another person. Um, and there are all sorts of varieties of that too. Like people will pull from their backs. I've done one from my arm. Um, people do like their throat. Oh um, wow! Oh my god! But my favorite one that I've ever seen was a group of like twenty women did a mound pull, as in their pubic mound. Oh okay. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> and wait, so they were all pulling against each other? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like with kind of a hub in the middle and they're all attached to it and they're all pulling. Interesting. Like a ring. They're yeah. Like, they'll clip on. They're yeah. carabiners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. That's wild. Man, I feel like that's almost like Brent, the, like hanging, like two people leaning back supported by each other's nipples. I almost feel like that would be a, that's some kind of like art installation. What's that woman's name? Uh, uh, Marine Marina Abramoff or whatever you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, she did the thing with. We the, talked about her maybe once before. Yeah, she did the, the thing with. Ledge. She oh I'm sorry she did the bow and arrow where the guys like holding the arrow pointed at her. Anyway, but so Melissa, you could do that. You could do that, and then your cat can run along the wire <laughs> with, with little treats. 
<laughs> little treats and teach it. Uh, <laughs> and the dog could bark at it. It'd be this avant-garde weird thing. It's art, yeah. It's all a performance piece. <laughs> that's awesome, though. I, I I think that's really cool. I think that's endlessly fascinating. And uh, yeah, yeah, thank you for, for sharing that with us and like telling us a little bit about it, because I really don't know very much about it, so... Yeah, yeah no like you this it up. is like yeah. I could talk at length. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> nice. Well, you're more than welcome to. You're more than welcome to bring up suspension again or anything else you like. But I do, I do want to ask you, just for the sake of the podcast, mm-hmm. could you tell us the movie that you brought to us and just a little bit about it? Why you chose this movie? Why? What? What? What your relationship is with this movie? Okay, so we're doing Final Destination. Yeah. Um, officially, you know, the first movie in the franchise, but it's a franchise, and there are moments from the later movies that are probably going to have to come up. Um, <laughs> because this movie, for me, the more I've come back to it as an adult, the more I've realized that this is just like the foundation I built my anxiety upon (laughs) or like, (laughs) yeah, like this whole movie. I'm like, Oh, all of your weird neurotic habits are things I do. Oh no. (laughs) So yeah, I just see a lot of my own uh, neuroses in this movie and felt like that made it a great thing to talk about. Yeah. Melissa, you and I are going to be pretty good friends because this is like, <laughs> this is like the shit I, I it goes on in my brain too. Yeah, it's like between this movie and Shallow Hell, I know where all my adulthood fears came from. Well, and it is- <laughs> <laughs> that movie's terrifying as a fat person. Okay, <laughs> that's man. I haven't seen that movie since it came out. I don't remember it at all. That's such a random pull. It's, I love it. It's Jack Black, but everyone thinks he's like a hot chick or something like that, oh, and, that it's, the and then it's Gwyneth Paltrow in a fat suit right like yes <laughs> yes that's so bad that's so bad goop legend <laughs> herself just goop goop legend <laughs> yeah <laughs> fucking the goop legend <laughs> yeah just building a foundation for all my fears <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, we're talking about 2000s Final Destination. And I got to say that that's an interesting point because it really does like it takes because I think we all have that anytime you get on a plane or you get on or I don't think I've seen all of the movies and I certainly don't remember much about them other than this first one. Um, But I think one of them, like the inciting incident is maybe a, a Ferris wheel is one of them. And another like I don't know. I know. So it's like anytime you do anything like that, you always have this voice in the back of your head is like, what if you died? Like the, the what, you know, look at these signs, you know, the human brain like wants to find patterns, wants to. And for the most part, it's all bullshit, or at least for me, I'm not a super superstitious person. I, I think it's all, you know, just the, the human brain looking for patterns. But yeah, this movie's like, I like the premise of this movie is like, yeah, but what, what if? What, what if, what if your brain's not just full of shit? What if that, what if that's real shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. What if those things actually matter? You said, what if your brain's not full of shit? What if that's real shit? Yeah. What if that's real shit? <laughs> <laughs> that's just a funny sentence. Quote me. 
like I go throughout my day, like I'll drive home on, on like on the big highway 465. And, and I'm thinking like if I go under an under an overpass, like there's like I, I worry about like teenagers throwing batteries or something. And I, I, I always anticipate and worry about like, where's my exit plan if I have to yeah. go. And... <laughs> yeah. Or, or what is that from from the good son, Mr. Highway? Is that what he's called? Yeah. Mr. Highway. <laughs> like he's Billy Calkin throwing a, bo- a pretend body over the yeah, yeah. Onto the street. <laughs> well, and I think it's in the second Final Destination movie, I think, but it's like the most iconic part to me and comes back all the time. It's when they're behind that truck that has the log truck. Yeah. And the logs come off of it. Like, yeah. I can't be behind a truck towing anything (laughs) without thinking about that scene like I joke that I think about this movie way too often and it's because yeah just taking a car ride I'm like a final destination I had a a girlfriend whose aunt died like that a freaking two by four flew off this truck and like pierced her in the chest like through the windshield oh my god well, yeah. thank you for confirming yeah. my anxieties <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, that's Mal- a true thing. People don't keep their shit like buckled down on their trucks and stuff. It flies off and kills people all the time. You got to be thinking about this. Exit all right, plans. do you want to justify any more of my fears? Because like the the scene with the yeah. slipping in the bathroom, that one really sticks with yeah. me. Well, where he's where he gets like strangled by the by the the oh laundry wire. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and it's funny, and, and you know, and these like, I mean, the thing about Final Destination, what's so appealing about it, I think there's a couple things. One, it's they're kind of slasher movies, but the slasher is just death, and I love that there's no personification. It's it's just shadows and shapes, and there's not you can't go fight. There's no like Mike Myers or Jason or Freddy even in Dream. Like you can't go fight it because it's just everywhere, you know. You can't and put it in a container, yeah. To hold, you know? yeah. I think there is like, like when it comes to the, I think it kind of breezes through the window or something. They'll use like curtains, maybe. Cur- yeah, and you That's see like you see like dark shapes on the water. Like you, you, you like there, there are glimpses of it, but it's not like it's not a person you can grab and like grab fight with. You know what I mean? It's just it uh, does just like forces of the universe, like. Yeah. Hey, if water were right here at right this moment, this crazy series of events could occur that would make you dead. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, well, and and so there's that aspect of it, which is like I feel like a, a a unique take on kind of the slasher genre. But then there's also just the fun, because like who among us didn't enjoy Lego or connects or like creating the who doesn't like a good Rube Goldberg machine where it's like you know, flicking a marble sets off a series of events where eventually, you know, you get stabbed in the chest with a butcher knife and a kitchen chair slams down on it to like drive it home. You know, like who doesn't love that? <laughs> yeah. Final destination and life both are really just extreme mousetrap. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll get caught up in the, Oh, that's crossfire. No, whatever. Crossfire. <laughs> Did you, <laughs> did you think <laughs> ben, totally different game i'm sorry so many little kids with crossfire either they choked on the marbles or they got one that was like gun like gun strength 
like death cleaned up the blue water. That part was weird. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, thinking, is it trying to like not get in trouble or <laughs> right? Is it afraid yeah. of getting arrested? Like, I, yeah, I didn't get that. Why is fate hiding its tracks? Right. That was like the one big thing I had with the okay sure you can put together this crazy series of events that will lead to someone dying but why did the water disappear yeah just let it be there yeah right because yeah, it cause... doesn't want to get arrested but then you have a perfect alibi you could just be like oh uh, it wasn't me I was killing shelter animals you know <laughs> you, could be, you could have an alibi easily well, and the thing, like, there, and there's a perfect, like, natural, oh, the toilet was leaking, water yeah. dripped onto the floor, so he slipped and fell into the, like, that, it makes sense. There's nothing weird about that. But then when the water recedes, you're like, wait a minute, why, what, like, what, <laughs> for what reason, you know? And the other thing is, their author whole, the practical effect or whatever, was it practical? They were just like, let's just, let's just put it in rewind. Right, yeah. <laughs> reversed it coming out yeah well Brent, remember when we watched anaconda and there's that scene of the boat backing up which is fine until you notice that the waterfall is running in reverse like the water is going up the waterfall yeah yeah that was funny <laughs> that's really good yeah. yeah they kept that in it's so weird yeah yeah i i recommend everybody check that out toward the end of anaconda there's a, a waterfall running in reverse so uh, <laughs> but let's see, I didn't have time to kind of go through and earmark my notes, but I like that they're, so they're taking a trip to France. Um, you know, Alex, the main character played by Devon Swa or however, one of the, uh, Evan Sawa. Sawa, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> one of the nineties heartthrobs. Uh, did you, uh, Melissa, did you have it? it I, I'm not sure how old you are and I'm not going to ask, but with, cause I remember my sisters had like posters of Devon Sawa and did you or any of your friends like have that experience with that guy? Oh, absolutely. I yeah. bought every teen beat he was in. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I also watched Idle Hands because yes. he was in it. Yes. Like bring me back. We'll do Idle Hands next. <laughs> I I love Idle Hands. I watched Idle Hands all the time when I was I love that fucking movie. That's so good. Yeah. yeah. And he was really like here, like 90, I think that came out in 99, if I'm not mistaken, you know, 99, this was 2000. I mean, he, what else did he do? Uh, well, he, he was, was in a couple. SLC Punk. What's that? SLC he Punk. He was an SLC yeah. Punk. He was Casper. He was <laughs> what? He was Casper, the friendly ghost. Oh yeah. Remember that? That's right. And then I think he like took a bunch of time off acting and now he's back and doing like horror movies again i think he's doing he's doing that yeah he's doing a lot of like direct to, i i because i look one of the most recent ones he did was a direct to video movie with because bruce willis toward the end of his career was just doing all of those like direct to video bullshit movies. he was in one with bruce willis where it was just like bang it out get paid whatever um but actually i've actually i've been following this guy on twitter for a, a while because he's really active on twitter um and he's pretty funny. Like he, he posts some funny shit sometimes. So <laughs> yeah, he's one of those that like stayed, stayed good. Like you're not embarrassed yeah. that you liked him. Yeah. Like one, well, like, and like, you know, I feel like the ones who stayed good have a sense of humor about themselves and they can recognize like, 
You know, another one of my favorite follows on Twitter is is the Eve Six guy. I don't even know his real name, but the guy from Eve Six uh, is really active on Twitter, and people will try to roast him, and he's he's unroastable because he's like, "Look, dude, we had one top ten Billboard hit in the '90s, and you know, people will be like, oh, you're irrelevant. Nobody cares. He's like, yeah, I agree. Nobody should care, but we're still selling out shows because people want to hear that fucking heart in a blender song. I agree with you that that's bullshit, but I'm, but I'm still making money. So, you know. <laughs> oh, God. Now that song's going to be stuck in my head for like the next three Is it the was like, I alone, I'm a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put my tender heart in a blender. I want to spin around to Like, just ironically sing it at him. You know what's really funny is any anything that guy posts, people are always like, oh, I love that one song, Closing Time, you did. Or, uh, oh, I really hope you guys are still playing Semi-Charmed Life. Like, they always quote, like, one-hit wonders from bands that are not Eve Six. <laughs> Third Eye Blind had more than one hit. I'm pretty sure well, they had two. <laughs> right, right. But you get, you know, it's, it's got in all in that vein, you know. <laughs> but Eve Six has your drops of Jupiter doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but and he always he always plays along with it. You know, he's always like, yeah, oh, of course, you know, you know, we always got to end our show with closing time. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. But, uh, sorry, I forget how we got on that tangent, but um, that's all right. We were just talking about Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa, yeah. And Sawa. then this movie also has Ali Larder as Clear is her name. <laughs> I a stupid name. Yeah, I th- I was sure her name because I always watch my movies with subtitles on for a couple reasons. One, my dad's deaf, so I just always grew up watching subtitles, so I'm used to it. And then also having children. I can never hear anything because either either they're That's awake weird. and they're too loud or they're asleep and I can't have the TV too loud. So like and I thought it was a typo that it said clear. I was like, oh, that's a typo. Obviously, her name's Claire. And then through like about halfway through the movie, I was like, no, you know what? It really sounds like they're pronouncing her name as clear. So I looked it up on Wikipedia and, and sure enough, her fucking name is goddamn clear, I guess. <laughs> It's like Clear Rivers or yeah. something. It's yeah. such yeah. a stupid name. It makes me so annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess I, a lot of the names were uh, nods to horror producers or directors of the past. Like Billy, Sean William Scott's character is Billy Hitchcock. Um, okay. And there's, if you look it up on Wikipedia, you go through the whole thing, but a lot of the characters are named after, like, the golden age of Hollywood horror, you know, producers, Even directors, Todd's all that. Todd's name is spelled with one D, and it's supposed to mean, like, death or something like that, I read. Oh, really? Low D, yeah. I, I saw like, some... maybe Latin for death? I don't know. I also saw that, I guess there's a guy named Todd, I think Todd Browning, which Devon Sawa's character, Alex Browning, was, I think they were both named after somebody named Todd Browning, who is somebody in the history of horror cinema. I don't know. But, I don't know. I'd have to look it up a little deeper, but. Yeah. 
<laughs> but we'll put it in later. Yeah, yeah. I'll add it in post or not. Add it in post. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It now will just be a clip of me being like, according to Wikipedia, blah 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> and your your kids are being real loud in the background. You're like, shut the hell up! Shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> you ruined the movie. Know this. Yeah. And I have nothing. <laughs> uh, no, speaking of my kids, though, I think I'm going to be able to take my daughters to an improv show I'm doing at IO next Sunday. So, for which I think is the first time you do it. What? Since they saw me, they saw me do shows in Indianapolis at Comedy Sports. But yeah, this will yeah. be the first time they've seen me do anything up in up here since I moved to Chicago. So, yeah, I'm excited. It'll be good. And they're 16 and 14 now. And, I, you know, I try to, like, I don't know. I feel like if I were 16, 14, 15, 16, and, and, like, my dad were taking me to see him do some improv at I.O., you know, I feel like I'd be like, "Eh, that's kind of fucking cool, you know? (laughs) Yeah, man. It's really cool. But then afterward, they're probably just going to roast you about your show. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Well, my oldest has no interest, but my middle, my middle child has taken some improv classes and, um, so we'll see. She's a bit, she's a bit more, uh, extroverted. I think her, her personality and my personality are a little more, uh, similar, but, um, but no, I like all the, uh, all the shit in the beginning of this movie, all the, clues where it's like Don uh, or John Denver's playing in the airport and you know there there's stuff like that but even like when he's looking at the board of like uh, departures and arrivals it's like flickering you know and, and he and the camera zooms in on <laughs> on not a specific terminal but just the word terminal and I'm like yeah okay but that's like every airport you ever go to is going to have the word terminal in it you know I feel like I feel like the director knew like the age group of like his uh, you know like the, the, the people that were going to be watching yeah so like i think that he also realized that oh i don't think the teenagers are going to think to like look yeah and so i thought in the, the beginning with the uh with the digital clock uh-huh. becoming 180 and then dissolving into flight 180 yeah i thought it was a clever move early on to to then like tell the audience hey pay attention you're going to see some like background shit yeah no, I agree. And I and this this doesn't have a lot of uh you know, if you look on for as much stock as anyone puts in Rotten Tomatoes, which shouldn't be a lot, but you know, if you look at any of those cri- uh critic sites, this movie doesn't have great reviews or and I don't know, maybe it's nostalgia on my part, but even on this last rewatch, I just rewatched it a couple days ago and I was like I still really dig this movie. Like I you know, I still really enjoy watching this movie. <laughs> I think it's so fun. Yeah. And like it really sticks with you because yeah. it it is a thing of death is everywhere around you and you get like these little reminders in your life every time you accidentally drop a knife right. or yeah. like just things that call back the movie. So like, I don't know. To me, it feels both like... A, a beginner's horror movie like it's yeah. it's not super yeah. scary it's it's fun yeah um it, it feels like horror for teenagers yeah um but then also 
I'm in my 30s and I still think about this movie and it gives me anxiety. So, like, call it a bad movie if you want. I love it. Yeah. I love what you said, though, Melissa, about it being like a beginner's movie. Mm. <laughs> and, like, I thought there was, you know, because it's teenagers, right? You're going to be watching it. And my favorite scene is, like, such a teen teenagery thing. Um, it's, it's when they're in the terminal before they even get on the plane. Like, Todd walks up to Alex. Suddenly, he, to, Alex is looking out the window. Todd walks up to him and goes, goes, Alex, let's go take a shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Like, I thought he was going to say, like, hey, man, let's go drink some of this smuggled Boone's Farm. Right. <laughs> but no. <laughs> but then as a super teenager like, explanation. Like, yeah. dude, you don't want to be on the plane for seven hours. You eat the food, and you have to go take a shit. And then, what's her name, Clarice or whatever, like, comes knocking at the door and smells it. Yeah, which his explanation made sense. Like uh, after his explanation, yeah. I was like, "Oh yeah, no, that make yeah, no, you should go take a shit before you get on the plane." You know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that shit in America. <laughs> Honestly, like, yeah, every time I am gonna fly somewhere, I hit up the bathroom right before I know I'm gonna get on the plane. Yeah. Uh, we never see things like that in movies. No one's like, "Let's go take a shit in a movie." Obviously, <laughs> but like. Um, do, is that like real to life? Yes. Yeah. 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 I, and I, I've never, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've shit on a plane. I don't think I've ever taken a shit on a plane. I don't know. <laughs> have you, if, if you don't have to answer, if this is too personal, have either of you taken a shit on a plane? It doesn't sound pleasant. It's, I don't I, even want to be in a plane bathroom at all. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. It's too small. Ti- yeah. <laughs> tiny cramped like, space. Yeah. I like to take a break. Like I'm going to go to the bathroom if I have to go or not. Well, I've—I I mean, I've—I've I've taken a piss in a in an airplane bathroom, sure, but I don't think I've taken a shit in an airplane bathroom. No, no. I only take shits at my house. <laughs> I mean, I don't even do that. Sh- that. I don't even do that at work. That's the ideal situation. Yeah, I mean, you can't. <laughs> always, you know, sometimes you're out and about. You you got to take care of business. But yeah, no. Preferably, I'm at home. Sure. I don't have a gallbladder. I don't have a lot of choice. <laughs> it was taken out in a horrible accident, suspending yourself. From a bridge. <laughs> no, you know what though? What? Literally, like the week that I got diagnosed as like needing to have my gallbladder removed was yeah. like the week that they stopped doing gallbladder surgeries during COVID. Really? They were like, this isn't emergent. And so they all got postponed. Um, and so I had to wait like several months. <laughs> oh, that's annoying. Cause I, I had a, I had a, a, a friend of mine I worked with at CAC. She had to have her gallbladder taken out. And that's like, I mean, you, you it kind of makes you sick, right? When your gallbladder's bad, yeah. like, like you feel terrible, oh, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, like, very painful. Um, but, yeah. So, so that happened right at the beginning of COVID for me. And, yeah, my uh. my um, stomach has just never, ever been the same. And that brings us back to the subject of pooping. Yeah. Because that's <laughs> really where this podcast should be right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's if yeah. Brent and I always try to steer the co- the the podcast toward the topic of of taking a shit. So 
should. I'm glad because we were, we're here, here to talk podcast. about life. Yeah. <laughs> like when it's all one, right? Life and taking a shit, life and death and taking a shit. It's we're all about inevitabilities here, right? Yeah. We just want to discuss all the inevitabilities, the 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 yeah. basis of of the human experience, right? Yeah. Sometimes so sometimes you, your head is full of bad shit. Sometimes good shit. Yeah. I really hope your memoir someday, Corey, is just life, death, and taking a shit. It's the Corey Jefferson story. It absolutely will be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get get to the Credit yeah. Me. yeah yeah. Getting to the base of the human experience. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man. Well, I do. I want to talk about how because when when I was first watching this movie and the two FBI agents come in, agent. Uh, Agent Ween and Agent Shrek come in, right? And I was like, at first I was like, because you see them and they're kind of unnecessary in the, you know, they're in the the airport and they're grieving. They're, they're, they're waiting for their parents to arrive. And then these two FBI agents show up and they're like, hey, we're going to give our names and have lines. And we're obviously like at least secondary, maybe tertiary characters. And it's like, okay, who are these two fucking guys? Why are they in the movie? And then they keep showing up. And earlier, early, very early in the movie, I was thinking about my headcanon. I was like, oh, this is almost like an episode of X-Files, right? This, like, my headcanon. And then lo and fucking behold, when I'm reading about this movie, it was conceived as an X-Files episode. Like, this guy, uh, the writer, hold on, I've got his name written down. Uh, Wong, right? Wong was the director, but it was a guy named Jeffrey Reddick wrote this as a spec script to try and get himself an agent, right? So he wrote an episode of X-Files to to share, to try and get himself an agent. And eventually the script made it to Wong and I think a, another guy who were, they were writers on the X-Files. And they were, and I think it was a buddy of his at um, New Line Cinema who was like, yo, you should write this as a feature length film. Um, yeah. And so that's where it came from. And, and I totally got that X-Files vibe right off the bat, you know? Like, it really does feel like like if this were an X Files episode, I, and I, as I was watching the movie, I like to imagine it from the agent's point of view. Whereas, like in an X Files episode, you would just be with the agents most of the time, and then showing up to these crime scenes where like people die in these weird fucking ways, and then Final Destination is just yeah. the other side of that, where you don't spend as much time with the agents, and instead you spend more time with like the weird supernatural shit, you know? So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, I thought that was interesting. Um, I really oh wait, can like I tell that. you guys something? Yeah. Like, so there's been all this like, like weird like. Okay, so like, what was it last week? NASA had a press conference to like talk about like what they've thought about these alien, um, alien tapes that people have been sending in. Uh huh. And man, I was like so sure there was going to be aliens. I was like, <laughs> dude, there's motherfucking aliens. NASA's going to say they're about to tell us. And on my lunch break, I was like watching the press conference about it. And they, like, they ruined it for me. <laughs> I was like, man, we are alone. There is nothing out there. <laughs> they, 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 like, I could, I could go into it, but they broke down, like, all these different things, these tapes and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, I've been, so on Reddit, people have been talking about little theories and whatnot. And, by the way, I 
I, I don't believe or disbelieve. You know, it's either like there's aliens or there's not. So in my brain, my, my logic is like, well, then I just shouldn't care until there's proof one way or the other. So anyway, but I still love to see, hear people's theories. Right. And one person mentioned like – You want to if, believe. If, if they're like an advanced civilization somewhere that since has, has been coming here for centuries, mm-hmm. like what if like that that alien has like footage of like the earth like – I don't know, in like the Middle Ages or like ancient, just like video footage of stuff would be so amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, for but sure. If we one day like met, met these actual aliens, they would like show us like, here's what your ancestors look like yeah. in colonial times. <laughs> well, have you, are you familiar with the, the Fermi paradox or have you heard of that at all? Melissa? No. No? I've heard of it and I cannot place what it is. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So no, the Fermi paradox is... So you look at, you know, whatever it is, like there are more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on Earth, right? So like in this basically functionally infinity uh, number of, of, of stars and planets that we have, it's pretty much a safe assumption that life is going to form on one of these planets, right? There's almost undoubtedly other life in the universe, right? But... So the Fer- the Fermi paradox is if this is the case, why haven't we heard from any of them? Why haven't we, you know? And there are a couple explanations that make sense to me. One is that space is just so fucking big. Interstellar travel is like I mean the only place humans have been is to the moon, right? Like we've sent machines to other places, but we've barely what is it? Voyager has barely escaped the solar system. Like it's just outside the solar system, and that thing's been flying for fifty fucking years, you know. Um, so I think that's a good explanation. But another one that appeals to me is that it doesn't appeal to me. It's it's super fucking depressing, actually. But it's the thought that no any species that gains our level of intelligence, if you want to call it that, like they will inevitably discover things like splitting atoms, nuclear power, uh, things of that nature. And so the, the, like this answer to the Fermi paradox is it's impossible for a species to ever achieve interstellar or even intergalactic travel before they destroy themselves. (laughs) Like, so because Corey, that is our final destination. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! You brought it back. Yeah. Wrap up the podcast. We did it. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's and that's that's an answer to the Fermi paradox that makes the most sense to me. You know, looking at the state of things and the way things are going, not to be a pessimist, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, dude. That makes wrong? a lot of sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's why we we don't see aliens flying around because they've all destroyed themselves. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I've heard that there's like so much like space rock, like as you go further out, that like, like to travel like beyond our solar system would actually be or galaxy. No. If if Voyager's past our solar system, anyway, at some point you just get get to like a huge band of space rocks. Oh, there! Like I think almost that's, like a wall with like little like bits to go through. Yeah, I think that's the the Oort cloud, the O O R T. Okay. I th- yeah, there's a bunch of rocks circling our solar system, which that is like a bunch of rocks. But everything is space. There, I, I don't know the website, but there's a website where you can scroll through the solar system, and everything. It's a sm- on a smaller scale, 
but when you scroll to the right from Earth, it takes like forever because like <laughs> before you even get to Mars, just because space is that big. Like, yeah. And I think it's hard for people to comprehend, for me to comprehend, like what, what it, like you could fit entire planets between the Earth and the Moon because like that's how far away the like the Moon is so far away, and it's the closest thing. You know, like. I just don't think humans are able to grasp how truly empty space is. Like space is mostly nothing, yeah. right? And then you've just so it's got... like I think it's a two day flight to the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely want to take a shit before you leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dump that in Cape Canaveral. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Neil Armstrong is lucky he had balls Buzz Aldrin to be like. Yo, we better take a shit. <laughs> Maybe before they before they left the moon, he's like, "Buzz, let's take a shit." Let's we better we better drop tr- drop trow on the sea of tranquility or whatever. Yeah. What is it? Let's introduce a new moon rock. <laughs> well, they were just so afraid they might be embarrassed in front of the other astronauts, you know. That's right. Oh man, like Kim Bauer socks. Like she's like, "Hey, it's now it's my turn for the the vacuum bathroom." Yeah. <laughs> What's that smell, Neil? Damn I don't it! Think they're on the same flight. That's, no, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, it's actually why they wouldn't let women be astronauts for a while is because the men just didn't want to shit in front of them. Right? They would be embarrassed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, I gotta say, this is one of my the favorite my favorite segments we've ever had on the podcast. This whole this whole <laughs> space bit. <laughs> well, one thing I wanted to talk about in the beginning when they're fighting is this. Oh no, this is after the plane crash. It's like thirty nine days later. There's a memorial a memorial where they unveil a giant bird sculpture for all the for everyone who died on the plane. I don't know why, but I like I love Carter's character, like the jock kind of asshole guy. Who's like, he's so indignant about the thought that he's not in control of his whole, of his life and death that he's, he's like, goes up to Alex. He's like, you think I owe you something? I don't owe you anything. Nobody's in control of my life except for me. I'm never going to die. And it's like, oh, that's no, I, you, you can't honestly think you're never going to die. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> it feels very really much like a teenager thing though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh, I gotta say, Miss Luton, the teacher who got off the plane, yeah. played by Kristen Cloak, I guess. I was convinced for like half the movie that she was Carla Gugino. I don't know if any like uh she was in um Sin City, she was in Gerald's game, uh Yeah. That's not the same lady? That looks a lot like that lady. It looks exact yeah, which I love like Gerald's it, game is great. I'll watch anything Carla Gugino's in, and but I, I was sure this was her, but it is absolutely not her. So, yeah, they look a lot alike. Yeah, yeah, I was sure it was her for like half the movie. I was like, oh damn, all right. Um, <laughs> but then, so I want to talk about Todd's death a little bit, and uh, okay. the the fact that when he goes to the bathroom, the window is like half open, and there's there doesn't even appear to be a screen on it, like. Uh, who leaves their window wide open with no screen? Like, you're going to get bugs? You know what I mean? Like, that's not a good idea. 
I uh, live in a house that I rent right now, and yeah, none of my windows have screens, and therefore none of my windows ever get opened. Right. Like, yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing to yourself, Todd? Yeah. Uh, but then there's, and I remember feeling this before, and even now when I know how he dies, when he's clipping his nose with the scissors, ugh, like, I can't, it's, I don't know, imagining, yeah. like, getting stabbed in the nose with scissors, like, no, no thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> once they knew, like, once they told the audience the rules yeah. of the movie, you know, it's like, now they could play around with it with stuff like that, like, is it gonna happen now? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which, and I love, like, <laughs> that exact same moment, like, uh, Alex <clears throat> is reading a penthouse magazine, and then yeah. he throws it into a fan. Oh, oh, because there's an owl at his window for no fucking reason. <laughs> so he throws a magazine, a penthouse magazine, at this fucking random owl, and his fan chops it up. And a piece of paper just with the word Todd lands on his leg. <laughs> and I just, I have concerns about that fan in general. Like, why is it sharp enough to chop up a magazine like right. that? Yeah, why is well, it? How did the magazine get into the blades? <laughs> what? Yeah. He's probably going to be finding, like, little pictures of boobs and bush, like... For weeks, like it's like it's like glitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You throw a penthouse at a fan, you got glitter all over. Just the place. nipple, nipple glitter. Just nipple glitter. Nipple glitter. <laughs> his his mom's gonna walk across the room and like find something on the bottom of her foot. And be like, is this a nipple? <laughs> like, why is there a random nipple on my foot? <laughs> <laughs> Todd. She's going to be so annoyed when she vacuums his room. Yeah. Because you just know his parents vacuum his room. Yeah. 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 Like, Alex, why is my Hoover full of boobs? Oh, Alex. What is <laughs> why is my Hoover full of porn, son? My All this all this paper muff has clogged my Hoover. It's, so the mom, like, she never touches the vacuum again. Yeah. Unclean. Yeah, she just throws it outside. <laughs> oh man! But then, all right. So then, talking about the rules of the movie, I find it, and I love. You know what? They should have like the micro machines of porn. Why didn't they do that? Think of just like little bits of porn. Just to, oh, <laughs> like market it like the size of a stamp or something. You want you want to hear something interesting? Uh, you, gotta, wait, 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 you collect enough of them to create like the, the finished product. <laughs> like, <laughs> you trade with your friends. Like, I got the ankle. <laughs> yeah, I got the ankle. And, and then I just need to, I'm, I'll give you the kneecap for an ankle. You got to combine it. <laughs> yeah. You're just we, never going to get that left nipple though. They no. only make like three of them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they, yeah, it's like McDonald's Monopoly. Yeah, there, and now you can you can only find them on eBay for like a thousand bucks, right? Like a fucking grand a nipple. Sorry, I just thought of that. <laughs> no, but as actually, Brent, as we were going through my when my great grandfather died, um, my great grandfather, after whom I'm named, my middle name is Clay because his last name was Clay. 
and he was in the hospital. They thought he was going to die when I was born. I was being born. They were like, yo, your great grandfather's going to die. He's on his last leg, right? They uh, told you that? Yeah. Well, afterwards they told me that's, that's why my middle name's Clay, right? Your grandpa's going to die. <laughs> Welcome hey. to the world, kiddo. Want to hear how it ends? <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby, you're you're right at the you're right at the apex of a cycle, you little shit. <laughs> yeah, you're like I, I, I should be getting skin to skin right now. <laughs> Telling my grandpa's dying. <laughs> They're like, no, that's not how the world works. <laughs> but uh, but no. So he actually he ended up recovering. He lived for like another 20 years. He didn't die till I was like, I was like old enough to buy alcohol when that fucker died. Uh, yeah. But so we were going through his stuff. And one of the things that I found, and I ca- I think I have it somewhere. I don't know where it is, but it was like this tiny deck of playing cards. And it was like, it's like this big. I mean, it's, t- it's a tiny little deck. Um, so it's like about three gauge fours yeah. <laughs> side to side is what Corey's doing. You're listening. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Right now with his yeah if, if you were going to say just a smidge, but times three. But t- <laughs> yeah. But it was those like tiny little playing cards. And I think he only had like the, the, like the suit of clubs or the suit of spades or something, but it was all like all 13 cards. There was a different naked woman on each card. And so I, I, I think it was like a collectible thing. You could buy each suit, right? And then you would have like all 52 or whatever there, if there were jokers, like all 56, uh, like naked women, like, you know, like 50, 40s, 50 style pinup girls on a little playing okay. card. <laughs> Are they That's like vintage so cool. then? Is it like something from like a long time ago? I it feels like something from a long time ago. Yeah. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah. But who left with those that day? I have them. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I'm his namesake. I I inherit. I get any fucking uh, pinup girl cards. <laughs> yeah. I get all of Granddad's porn. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh shit. All right. Well, but I do want to talk about the Tony Todd scene cuz I love Tony Todd. I love Candyman, right? So, yes. Yeah. Oh, the um the the mortician guy. Yeah. 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 Forgot about that guy. Yeah. So, and I got to say that building seemed like it was built with the sole purpose of being broken into because there there's like a stained glass window on the top that you can apparently just like open easily. And then they just climb right down onto a casket. Like, I feel like that whole thing was designed for the express to per- children. To, yeah. To, yeah. Specifically for children to break into. Like <laughs> That guy totally had those vibes. Too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like that scene has this whole like shining quality to it where it's oh, like, yeah. all right, thank you for being here. Insightful, creepy person. I don't know why you had all this knowledge, but I guess I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it, it's, I mean, it's definitely an exposition dump, but he, you know, all of a sudden there's this random guy who's like, oh yes, I know how death works and how you cheat it and all of the rules of fight. It's like, I, I was, it almost seemed like this fucking guy had read the script, you know, like he's like, oh, I've read the script for this movie. Yeah. I know how this goes. 
Yeah. He almost he almost said like I've been expecting you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love Tony Todd. I you know, I'm happy to see Tony Todd in anything. So and I mean, for a character that could have been like, it, it's an exposition dump. It could have been really boring. Yeah. He, he really brings some character and life to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, there well, was something that Alex said, like he hit him and the girl go in there and, and she's like, is that even him? Like they're looking right at him. Oh, at Todd. Yeah. And, and, and he goes, yep, yeah. that's him. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> pe- I mean, people do look different when they're dead, right? I mean, people I look, so. it, yeah. I don't know. That's true. People look weird when they're dead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but People do look weird when they're dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I do like how uh, <clears throat> at one point, Tony Todd's character, he's talking about how, oh, he's talking about cheating death. And he's like, you know, it'll, it's something that'll even make the Grim Reaper, the Grim Reaper, uh, I, I don't know, something. but then he's like, and you don't even want to fuck with that Mac Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, such a good line. <laughs> you do not want to fuck with that Mac Daddy. You don't want to fuck with that Mac Daddy, no. And it's, it's what, yeah, because if you escape death, then it's the return of the Mac, right? He's going to come back and exact his, his revenge on you. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um. But then, I, then we got to talk. One, I think it's the next death is one of my favorite. I still, this is still fresh in my memory. It's always been fresh in my memory. Where Terry Carter's girlfriend is like, "You're all being ridiculous. Like you want to whatever, blah blah blah. You you know, if you want to continue on with this, you can just drop fucking dead." And she turns around, boom, j- just gets smashed by a bus. That's such a great man. That's such a great moment. <laughs> It's so instant, too. It just drop dead, bam! Bam! Yeah. <laughs> Any blood splatter? Mm-hmm. They all get, like, speckled with blood. Yeah. And yeah. they're all, like, really cool with, like, people dying. Like, I think, like, Alex's way of, like, coping is, like, he takes some Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> I think after that, like, everyone's dying around him. Right. I mean, I, I feel like... And he's really seeing a lot of them, and, like, the really horrific yeah. ones, and he's just like, well... I don't know. My only option is to keep trying not to be this, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and at a, and at a certain point, like there's definitely a, like a, a suspension of disbelief where like at a certain point, at a certain point, his parents are just never in the movie again. Like all yeah. the parents are just gone and uninvolved. And he's like hiding out on a beach and in a random cabin. Like there's, I don't know. There's there's some like stretches of logic where you're like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, sure this 16, 17-year-old kid is just going to like go hole up by himself in a random cabin. Okay, you know, I'm on board. <laughs> where he's going to like eat tuna fish with mittens on so death doesn't get him. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of my favorites. It's just the absolute caution of like <laughs> can't even take the lid off of this can. Yeah. Yeah. That no that scene is great. Well and then and then oh, what happens? Uh, oh, but then the tuna fish can like rolls into the corner and knocks over a fishing pole and then the hook tries to open a door and he shuts yeah. it in time but a knife comes through the door like Yeah. Yeah. 
He's like the one thing. Yeah. I forgot to, yeah. I didn't I forgot to clean up the knife closet. Yeah, I forgot about the knife closet. Yeah. And he's like yelling at death. <laughs> you always think that secret knife closet's going to come in handy, but then death's after you, and it's just absolute nuisance yeah just a hassle most of the time that's why i don't even have a knife closet anymore believe it or not i dismantled my knife closet because i was like this just isn't even worth it you know like yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) now the kids are old enough they can handle their own knives right yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah there's a good there's a good old simpsons episode of like it's at chief wiggum's house and ralph of course is chief wiggum's son Uh uh-huh and Bart comes over to the house to play with Ralph, and they go into Chief Wiggum's closet, and it's just filled with riot gear. <laughs> and the next scene is that they're, like, beating each other with, like, armor on and, like, the batons. And Chief Wiggum walks in, and he goes, Ralphie, what is it about my forbidden closet of mystery that you don't understand? <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite lines. <laughs> That's awesome. I've not seen that. <laughs> I mean, have you seen, I forget if this was on Twitter or it was a Reddit post or something. And I don't know. I'm not asking if you guys had this. I did not growing up, but maybe some people's plumbing is better than others, I assume. But somebody posted on, I think it was Reddit, a story about having a poop knife, which is apparently a knife that would hang like in the laundry room or the utility room to where if you took a particularly thick poop you would have to chop it up with a knife so it would flush down the toilet and there was like yeah. a fail a poop knife which was just a utility uh a tool to serve that need which yeah. but so in this post they explain it it's just like part of their story as though it's something everyone has like yeah you know so then we grab the poop knife whatever and then all the comments are people being like <laughs> people like yo 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 what like <laughs> Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so, I don't know. So, now, I know this is a thing. So, now you have to know this is a thing. So, you... so my, my son, I'll speak a little quieter because I think he's older. My son, growing up, had a fear of pooping. Okay. Which, talking to the pediatrician, that's like a thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, when he would finally do it, it would just be insane. Mm. Like, every time, we'd have to use Because he would, he would wait so long. So I would go into the garage, and it, I, it grosses me out the smell. I, I so I, I do this a lot when that happens. Put my shirt over my nose, and I would grab um, like lawn shears, like the ones like the two handed ones, you know. And I would go into the toilet <laughs> and chop it and up, break it up like that. Yeah, <laughs> like it was a bush. <laughs> That's a, you know who would have been great at that? Who? Fucking Edward Scissorhands, <laughs> just like. <laughs> <laughs> Edward poop knife hands. Ed, Edward poop knife hands. <laughs> oh man! Well, now what a, what a horrible use of Edward's hands. <laughs> the, the sequel we didn't know we needed. Because <laughs> we have pulled in a lot of hands. other media today. <laughs> yeah, it goes like this sometimes. It's good. It's good. <laughs> oh man! Oh my god! So then, yeah, I guess really the only other thing I have marked to talk about is just, I mean, the ending. I really love the ending where it's, you know, Alex and Clear and Carter finally go to Paris. Uh, you know, he's like, I can't believe we got on a plane. And then 
you have that cool scene of like death comes back for Alex and then he gets saved. And then, so it goes back around to Carter who gets smashed by that giant sign. And, uh, and then immediately like just cut to credits, you know, what a great ending. What a great ending for this movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Just that, like, we know it's not over and we get no other details. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to keep happening. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People must have, I don't remember, but people who were fans must have lost their minds when they realized, oh, there's a part two coming out. I'm sure. Like, because of the cool cliffhanger. There must have been a great, I mean, they must have made a ton of fucking money off this, this series franchise. I, yeah. I mean, I think this first one, I think most, yeah, I'm sure they all made their money back at least. I think this first one was, yeah. was immensely profitable. So yeah. And you, you know what I did once? I had like a sick day. And all of them were streaming on something. I forget. Mm-hmm. But you know what I did? I didn't watch them all. I watched the opening scene of all of them. Oh, like first nice. I watched the plane crash in the first one. And then like the highway one. And then whatever. I think there's a, like you said earlier, like a amusement park thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, they all, the rest of them open with like a big giant Rube Goldberg introduction. Right. And I remember I watched like all of them. It was like a lot of fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that does sound fun. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I want to watch the other ones because yeah, I think I th- I know I've seen some of them. I don't think I've seen all of them though. So. I really only remember the first and second one, mm-hmm. but I did look up the like various um the worst deaths or whatever, and. Uh, vividly remember one of them from the third movie it's the one where someone gets like trapped in a tanning bed oh yes yeah i remember that yeah um and then i don't remember any from the fourth or fifth movie so i honestly don't know if i've seen them yeah what do they do with the tanning bed one does something happen where like it I it think starts it, to get even hotter than it's supposed to yeah and it gets like it gets locked shut right like something slam I, yeah. I do i remember this yeah like something closes it and they can't get it open right yeah and like it traps it closed somehow yeah i don't remember much about it except the idea of cooking in a tanning bed really stuck with me yeah the the foundation my anxiety was built upon <laughs> it's right here i'm telling you like a human panini <laughs> That's what you're like, i'm just i'm a fucking cuban sandwich now <laughs> Oh man, sounds delicious. <laughs> Next time on Headcanon, we're covering 1997's Event Horizon. So be sure to check that out. And as always, you can follow us on social media on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Headcanon, on Instagram at Headcanon Pod, on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod, and you can always follow the subreddit r slash horror movie pod. Is there anything about this movie y'all want to discuss or bring up or talk about before we jump into headcanons and kind of close out here? I think we've covered everything I've got here. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, do either of you want to present your headcanon or I can go first? Doesn't matter to me. Uh, I do want to hear, Brent, have we heard your one note yet? Yeah, it was Alex, Take. let's go take a shit. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> We covered it. <laughs> covered it. <laughs> yeah. Covered it. All right. Um, I've got well, two I, I did come up with a headcanon as we were talking. Nice. Um, 
So, on the subject of bringing other media in, um, my new personal headcanon is that um, that that pool of blue water that kills Todd, uh-huh. um, that's actually Alex Mack of <laughs> Secret <laughs> Adventures of Alex Mack, nice. the Disney show that came out six years earlier. Um <laughs> And so, you know, when she's not using her powers of turning into goo um, (laughs) for good, she's actually a murderous force. Um, And that's the the Alex Mack you didn't know. I love it. I love it. And Wong proposed this to the Disney Channel. They immediately turned him down. (laughs) They're like, no, we can't do it. (laughs) No, thank you. I don't think we need that Disney original movie. (laughs) I do. I need it. All right. Well, Brent, do you want to give one of yours and then I'll give one and then you can close out? Yeah. Well, first of all, I need to write that I, I was at work writing these mm-hmm. like in between like answering people's questions about like math. Uh-huh. And, and um, so I wrote I started to write one and then I got I, I had to go do my job to get money. Uh-huh. But I, for my first headcanon, I, I wrote he makes it to Paris. And that's it, because when I got back to my desk, it was like, uh, I was like, oh, they just had, they just did, everything's fine. Here's what was funny. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> my, first, my first one, my first hand canon is, is, uh, this idea of reverse final destination. Okay. It's a reverse. So everything that the teen- teenagers do somehow continuously negatively affect death. So like the idea I had was like, death is just chilling on the plane to Paris when these teens show up and he's like, Oh shit, not these kids again. <laughs> and before he gets off the plane, it, it like takes off and explodes. <laughs> so like they, I guess the idea is that like they somehow negatively affect him all the time. <laughs> they just show up. And now death is pissed. That explains everything. Yeah. Yeah. They're a pain in his ass. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> They've been a real nuisance. <laughs> they really nice. have. All right, well, my, my headcanon is that the agents, uh, Wine and Agent Shrek, you know, as they're getting deeper and deeper into this, uh, especially Agent Shrek, who in the interrogation with um, Alex was like, yo, I'm kind of starting to believe this. He's kind of convincing me, right? So he's all obviously the Mulder uh, in this uh, Mulder and Scully dynamic. So he starts taking increasingly like paranormal cases and he moves on from this to, you know, they get they get a, a case where there's like reports of a monster in a swamp, you know. So he goes out and he's he's like investigating this monster and the monster ends up biting him and also turning him into a monster. So Agent Shrek turns into an ogre. And so he he just starts living. He stops being an FBI agent. He starts living in this swamp. And then so then from there, this is actually a prequel to the Shrek movies where yeah. where Shrek was previously an a, an FBI agent working this. Uh, he, mo- he moves into Clear's old dilapidated cabin. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He mo- Yeah. On the same land. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, get off me property. <laughs> Well, yeah, I bet he's, like, super overprotective after everything he's seen. Yeah. He's like, this is my swamp. Just get away from it. Yeah. Okay? Leave me alone. <laughs> this is my safe place. There are no there are no sharp edges. You know, there are no knife closets. Everything's safe here. 
no fairy tale characters and no knives. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right, Brent, so what else do you got? Okay. I, I like to think that the entire movie, Death thinks he... I'm, I'm saying he's a he, sorry. I'm not, I don't mean to gender Death. <laughs> but for these purposes, I'm saying he. Death thinks he has control over who lives and dies, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He thinks he does, but he really doesn't. And so, many years later, when Alex breathes his last breath, surrounded by his children and grandchildren, mm-hmm. he dies. Camera cuts to death, putting a check mark in a notebook. <laughs> and he says, finally, he reached his destination. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So wait. So then, death's job is to just like wait around for people to die. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. just keeping score. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. Kind of. No, but he thinks. He thinks yeah. That he, Honest, he's doing it. Honestly, that sounds like so many jobs. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's right. He's waiting around for his own death. Yeah. Like, yeah. And he's like, finally. Who kills me? He's just stuck in a bureaucracy. He, he doesn't like his job any more than any of us do. Right. Yeah, no, no. He's getting all these emails all the time, like, dude, your your numbers are way down. You're, <laughs> right, you're, you're not meeting your quotas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah you got to do better if you want to hit your if you want to get if you want to make commission this quarter. <laughs> yeah, Jerry in San Diego developed COVID, man. Yeah, what? Come on. <laughs> Oh shit. All right. Well, Melissa, is there anything you want to, uh, this is your, we typically let people plug themselves here. Do you want to point people to, is there anything you're working on or social plug media? Plug yourself to the ceiling. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I don't do things for the public anymore. I don't know. I keep to myself. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, so listeners go fuck yourselves. <laughs> That's right. You're uh, <laughs> or go to suspension.org where you can meet other that, people that is actually the website <laughs> to find suspension teams and you what? won't find me there either because as as has been said go fuck yourself <laughs> yeah. awesome well thank you for joining us Melissa this has been a pleasure I think I've laughed harder on this episode than I, than I usually do on most episodes so <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take that as like a personal success and yeah. I'm going to carry that in my heart through the next few weeks. You, you should, know? you should. No, it's been a joy having you on. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again. Thank-, uh, thank you guys. It's been so great to be here. Yeah. We'll do it again. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Think of another movie and we'll do it. Yeah. Idle hands. Oh, it's right? Idle hands. I already uh, called it. Idle hands. Oh, Gotta be me, idle yes. hands. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you everyone at home for listening. This has been head cannon. Oh, <laughs>